ready to go. Okay, uh, here it is, Wednesday morning, uh, April the 29th, 2020. I'm here at the church. I'm going to bring you a short message this morning, and uh, you can find this message on Spotify. And uh, so I hope you will listen. Like I said, I hope by the 10th of May that we will be back in church and uh, we will have some changes, but I will come on and uh, tell you about them later. Okay, today I've entitled this uh, little message, uh, Blessed Are the Meek. And as most of you realize, this comes out of the book of Matthew. It's the Beatitudes. When Jesus is talking to his disciples, he's explaining some things to them. And what I want to look at is Matthew chapter 5, and it's just verse 5. It's just one verse that we're going to look at. And it, is, and it just simply says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. You know, many people, when they think of meekness, they think it's talking about someone who is, you know, shy, uh, maybe even a little timid, or even some people think of it as being cowardly. You, I know you've heard that expression, oh, they're as meek as a mouse. But you know, the, the biblical definition for meekness is different than what we think of it today. To better understand what meekness is, I want to look at someone's life. I want to just take a look at the life of Moses. In Numbers chapter 12, verse 3, it says, Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men who were upon the face of the earth. The Bible says Moses was the meekest man upon the earth. We know that Moses was not shy, he was not timid, and he certainly wasn't cowardly. Moses was strong, he was without fear, and he was very courageous. So how then and why did, did they say and consider Moses to be so very meek? Well, what we don't understand is in the ancient times, men often spoke of the word meek to describe like a wild horse that had been broken to ride. You know, meekness in the Bible means power under control. Moses become one of the world's greatest leaders and his life today, it still has an impact on men when they read or they hear about it. But before God could use Moses, just like us, God first had to break Moses. Moses' power had to be brought under God's control. And this is the same way that with us. For, us. for God to use us, we have to come under God's control and listen to him, get his word into our hearts so that we can do what God has asked us to do. Now in the book of Exodus, it tells us that Moses' parents realized when he was very young that there was something very special about Moses when he was born. In Exodus Chapter 2, verse 2, it says Moses was called a godly child, which meant that he was outstanding or there was something very special about Moses. In other words, Moses was born with a God-given potential. God had a plan for Moses' life, 
And whether you realize it or not, God's got a plan for your life. He's got a plan for my life. And we just need to be aware of, of the feelings and the things that we get from God and go with those feelings or what you call that gut feeling. And, uh, you know, we, we said we know he's got plans for us. Here in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know you've all heard it a number of times. It says, for I know the thoughts or the plans that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end or to give you a hope. You know, God gives us a hope, a hope through his son, Jesus Christ, that we can and that we will, through Jesus, have eternal life and, and, and spend all that eternity with God, with his son, and that new Jerusalem that will be coming down to us. You know, and to add, this just, you know, as I was looking at this, and, and add to God's plan for Moses' unique life, this is something else that God already had figured out that he was going to do. It said, Moses was raised in the palace of Pharaoh. And Moses was raised by Pharaoh's own daughter as her own child. So when Moses was growing up, Moses sat under some of the greatest teachers of that time. And that helped him to learn how to be a great teacher. Some of the, the, the influence that those teachers had on Moses' life. But the greatest influence we all know was God. And yet, with all these benefits that Moses had, Moses also had a problem. I think if we look at ourselves, we've all got problems. But Moses was someone who very quickly, he was kind of, he was, Moses was hot-headed, but he took matters into his own hands. And we see this when he just very quickly killed an Egyptian soldier, soldier for beating one of his brothers, one of, one of his Hebrew people. And he said in Exodus chapter 2, <clears throat> Verse 11 through 12, it says, Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. You know, the, the, the Hebrews were put into slavery by the Egyptians. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. Moses looked this way and that way. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and he hid him in the sand. Moses would one day become a great leader. But first, Moses had to be broken. He had to be brought under God's control. Moses had to learn to submit to God. We have to learn to submit to God. And when we submit to God, you know what we're doing? We are humbling ourselves before God. We're humbling ourselves to God because of we know who God is. We know what he can do. We understand his love. And we understand through his word that we must humble ourselves to God. Matter of fact, here in James chapter 4, verse 10, it says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. 
Yes, Moses had to become meek or Moses had to become humble so that God could use him the way that he wanted to. Sometimes we get so full of self and we got our own ideals about everything and God's telling us, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's not what I've got for you. But we don't hear that because we've got our mind made up as to what we want to do instead of what God wants us to do. So we have to stop and think, you know, let's go before God. Let's say, God, what is it you have for me? Let's let God make the decisions in our life of what he wants us to do. Because here in James chapter 1, verses 19 through 21, it says, Let every man be swift to hear, but slow to speak, slow to wrath, or slow to become angry, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness, sins, and so forth, and overflow and the overflow of wickedness that's in our life, and receive with meekness or receive in a very humble way the implanted word of God, which is able to save your soul. Let that word of God sink into you. Let that word of God guide and direct you in this life. You know, Moses' inner strength alone is not what made him a great leader. It was not Moses' own strength that made him the leader he was. Moses' greatness came when he learned to live under God's control or he learned to live under submitting to the will of God and doing what God called him to do and wanted him to do. Can you imagine Moses walking up to that Red Sea? All those Egyptians behind them, coming after him. And God says, Moses, lift your staff. Moses obeyed immediately. He lifted that staff. What happened? That Red Sea parted. It walled up and it left an opening through the middle of that Red Sea. And those Hebrews, the Israelites, crossed over on dry ground. And yet, as they made it over, and those Egyptians were right behind them in the chariots and on horseback and on foot, they got out there in the middle of that sea, God closed the sea on them. He destroyed them. You know, God told Moses, see these people. He was talking about the Egyptians. He said, see them, for you will see them never again anymore. God was talking about, I'm doing away with them. I'm doing away with what they've done to y'all. I am protecting you. I will destroy what is coming against and trying to harm you. You know, like God's still doing that today. God is destroying the things that are coming against his children. I think we're going to see God destroy this, this virus we've got going around. Because look what it's doing to his churches. You know, I know the devil and many people are very happy that some of these church doors have closed. But you know, we're still getting that word out to God. 
like on Facebook and other different places, YouTube and so forth, that we are still able to preach the Word of God. We're still able to get that Word of God out to people. And I thank God right now is getting ready to open up the doors to do away with this virus. And we, the Christian, are going to be stronger than we've ever been before. I think many people out there have realized God is waking up this world. He is waking up this world to He is in charge. We best change our ways and call up on Him. I think you're going to see more and more people coming into the church. I think God has spoke to a lot of people and I think we're going to see a change. I pray that God will speak to people, bring them into his house, and this Christian America, let me put it like that, America will return to the Christian nation that they once were. Christian, the word of God is what brought about America. It brought about the Constitution. It brought about everything. And now we got people trying to do away with everything of God. God's not going to allow this. God is still in charge. He's still on the throne. And man's going to have to realize that they are going to have to answer to God for their deeds and the things that they are doing and have done. There's only one answer, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. To come to Him, ask for His forgiveness, accept Him into your life as your Lord and as your Savior. And then all the stuff that has come against you, all the stuff that you have done is gone. He wipes it out with his blood. He cleans the slate, might say, and you're free. Look at 1 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore now, any man who is in Christ, he is a new creation. You're a brand new person. You're not that same old person you used to be. All the old things have passed away. They're gone. Behold, you have become new in the eyes of God. You are no longer seen with sin, but you're seen as righteousness. Not your righteousness, but the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ, when you accepted him. Yes, we have to return to God. And uh, it says... Like I said, well, Moses' strength alone is not what made him a great leader. It wasn't Moses' strength. Moses' strength and his greatness came when he learned to live under God's control. Jesus said, like when we started out, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. <coughs> or in other words, Jesus is saying, Blessed are those who learn to live under God's power, His control, and His authority, and we learn to become humble to God. We need to ask ourselves, are we living now, today, under the Word of God? Are we following God's Word? Are we, are we allowing Him to control our life? Are we living under the authority of God and the authority that he gave his Christian people? And are we submitting to God? Are we letting God be in charge of our lives? If you want a good, prosperous, healthy life, let God 
be in charge. Let God fight your battles. God said, for the battle is not yours, but it's mine. God will fight your battles. Let's put God back in our life. Let's get stronger and stronger in God. Because when this church opens back up, I hope to see growth. I hope to see men worshiping God. I want to hear our music, our praise and our worship, just glorifying God and in all of His strength. I want us to raise our hands. I want us to stand. I want us just to thank you, Jesus. I, I, I want us to get excited about Jesus. I want us to do that. I want that for us. I want it for you. I want you to feel the power, the love, and the goodness of God go through you as you celebrate Him and His love, His mercy, His goodness. So I just want to thank you. I hope you're going to hear this, and I hope you'll listen. But just like Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Or blessed are those who learn to live under God's power, control, and authority. Put yourself under the authority of God. Submit to God and watch your life change. And I'm talking about change for the better. God bless each and every one of you. I hope you have a great week. But let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word today. I hope it opens our eyes, Lord, as to... We need you in our life. We need to submit to you, not to ourselves. It's not about us, God, but it is about you and about what you've got planned for each person. God, there's people I know and here in this church that you've got a plan for, Lord, a plan, Lord, to give you praise, to give you honor, to give you glory, to do things for you. Lord, I'm thanking you for it right now. I don't see it yet. But I'm thanking you for it that it's going to happen. Lord, thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for being with us through everything, for protecting us. Lord, I don't know of any of our people that this virus has affected. And Lord, I don't think it's going to happen to these people because their faith and their love is in you. And your hand of protection is upon them just like it was Job. When the devil said, I can't do nothing to him because you have put your pegs of protection around him. God, I'm thanking you for your hedge of protection around our people. And Lord, I give you praise now for what you've done and most of all for what you're going to do in this church. And I thank you now in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.